When it's cold outside, thanks to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, you'll be warm and toasty inside. Right now, put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to two years at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com today. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, filling in for Jeff Wagner, here's your host, Ryan Recker. Oh, boy, I feel after that Packers game last night, kind of like an Englishman. Oh, boy, how about that wobbler? <laughs> how about that wobbler? How do you explain the Packers going 4-7? and seven. They're in the 11th place in the NFC, as I just heard. And they take that loss at Lambeau. Not looking great. I wouldn't say that altogether Aaron Rodgers was terrible. I mean, I don't think he threw any picks. I don't remember any. And he threw 200 and some yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Overall, kind of underwhelming, I guess, but not terrible. But still, when you lose in the fashion that you lose in Lambeau, don't really put up much in the first half. You don't make things too exciting for the fans. And then afterwards, Aaron Rodgers on his night said, oh, it was full of wobblers. <laughs> A couple of those tosses were wobblers. Okay. I think that's how you explain the Packers season so far. That was a wobbler season. That almost needs to be put into the lexicon. And if anything, it's one of the worst starts the Packers have ever had. If you're a fan, you're watching this thinking to yourself, yeah, this is. This is. It's the end. Uh, are you... Um, Let me just throw this out there, because even Aaron Rodgers is getting booed. He called it interesting, and part of getting booed (laughs) is like, okay, I get it. That's what happens. Is it really his fault, though? 855-616-1620. Is it really his fault? That's part of the problem. You had some off-field controversies. You were going to, I don't know, South America and taking this psychedelic drug, and then you were playing MVP caliber, and all of a sudden you come back. I know you lost a great receiver and a threat you can throw to. But still, uh, not everything is the receiver's faults. In some cases, Rodgers had some players wide open, and he threw a couple of wobblers. And after that, boom, you lose at Lambeau. Now the season they call on the brink, and really, I don't think too many people are optimistic they're going to have a chance at the playoffs this year. So does that just ruin the fun of all of it? 855-616-1620, the call, uh, the WTMJ talk and text line. Like I mentioned, I'm not the biggest NFL fan. I don't really watch it like I used to when I was younger, but I can still read the stats and kind of like read the recaps. I watch some videos online. And even this new phenomenon of bringing in players or ex-players or even players from different sports to get them in front of a camera to commentate on a game while it's playing is such a weird thing because the Manning brothers will do it. Eli Manning and his brother Peyton Manning will sit down and on the camera. It's actually pretty fun because they're just, the game's on in the background. It's almost like you're talking to your friend and the game is there and they kind of like, you know, somewhat talk about the game, but they also talk about their experiences and insights of what they see that other people may not. Once you're on the gridiron, you see things differently. I didn't realize they brought in like LeBron James and players like that to commentate on the NFL. And if you're LeBron James, you're in the middle of an NBA season. Shouldn't you be concentrating on your team? Like, what are you doing hopping in front of a camera to stream your commentary for an NFL team? So let's play this clip three from last night. Here's LeBron James commentating on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, prime years, like, are they really, like, what are they doing? 
Like, move on. I would say. I would say. I, I would feel like it's a d discredit when you got a, 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 a and don't transcendent. Get it you got a transcendent franchise player like Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. Obviously, we know the yeah. quarterback position in the NFL, you know, besides if you had like a, a monster defense end, you know what I'm saying, or a D-tackle like obviously Aaron Donald. That's the, one, that's the most important position in the NFL. So why wouldn't you surround that when you got the picks? To, to, to maximize what he can do. Are we still talking football or are we talking basketball? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure you wasn't talking I mean, about it definitely translates. So, so Jay, <laughs> I don't want to talk about me. I'm not going to talk about But they didn't draft right. nobody, though, in the first round. All right, so it's so funny. They're there. And number one, guys, I, I don't get it. LeBron is not a great commentator. Just listening to that clip, I'm grinding my teeth thinking, oh, I can't believe they broadcast that. Oh. But number two on the other side, it's so different because, you know, he flops around team to team. They purposely bring in people from other teams. They try to stack the deck as much as they can. They put these power teams together, and their teams still stink as of late. Uh, the chemistry is just not there. And same thing. You can be a talented basketball player like LeBron James, but man, is he a whiner. And he has, what, all the control he wants over the team, the influence to do what he wants. That's kind of the thing, right? His ability to say, well, if you don't give me what I want, I'll just leave, which makes for a great teammate, by the way, as I can tell. But totally different from Aaron Rodgers in that sense, because it seems like when Aaron Rodgers uh, he didn't get any opportunity to have say in what was going on around him. They could have traded away, moved away some of the easiest targets and could have had a great, fantastic year in Green Bay, but instead uh, they didn't. They didn't include Aaron Rodgers as part of that. So, no, they're they're really not alike as athletes, I don't think. But let's open this up here. Are you done this year? Have you given up on the Packers season? Is it over for you? 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. We'll take some of your calls and texts. And even after the break, the World Cup had a huge announcement in Qatar today. We're going to factor that into the Packers games the best we can to see if that would change your habits as well after the break on WTMJ. Some of these text messages about the Packers. How about that, Wabla? Is how you're going to look back at the season. I think, what, 4 and 7, 11th place in the NFC. Vikings are doing great. Uh, okay, not. Overall, a good position to be in, and I don't know if Packers fans ever give up hope. I think if you're a true fan, you never do. And even if you have given up hope, you still root and cheer for the team. You still watch it. Keep in mind, I grew up in Detroit in the 90s and early 2000s. I saw them waste so many great talents. Barry Sanders, anybody. And I remember one time them getting into the playoffs thinking, oh, my uh, was it like Charlie Batch? I can't remember who the quarterback was. But all of these players were terrible. And you had Barry Sanders, and you waste talent even after the fact. Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford and that. It doesn't matter. You can have Hall of Fame caliber players, but the rest of the team's got to be able to do it. But the fans still stick with them. They complain, but they still stick with them. There's a different type of fan in Green Bay, I've noticed. At least when you went to go watch a game in Detroit, you had a dome over your head, so it was comfort-controlled. You have to be dedicated to go up to Lambeau knowing that you are going to freeze and probably lose a toe at some point in your life due to frostbite. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Completely different. So you have a different level of fandom. But even for your sake, you're watching the worst start probably in your lifetime. Have you given up on the Packers? 855-616-1620. And even Aaron Rodgers. We can talk about him. Let's go to Jim, who's calling in. Welcome to WTMJ. Go ahead, Jim. 
Oh, Jim's not on. Sorry. I apologize. Oh, I thought he was there. But either way, Aaron Rodgers booed at Lambeau. He calls that interesting. <laughs> I always feel bad for him. No, he's a great player. I think any team would be jealous of what he's done in Green Bay to be able to accomplish that where they are. Well, almost every other team, I would say. There's very few that would trade uh, their quarterback or wouldn't trade their quarterback for him. A couple of text messages. He went off season taking psychedelic drugs. What do you think would happen? I thought he admitted to doing it other times, too, and it was still uh, a beneficial for him. One person said 5% chance of making the playoffs. 5% is generous. I would say less than 5%. But if you feel 5, that actually is probably working in your favor. You might actually want to put those odds down and lock it in while you can in Vegas if you think it's that good. Aaron Rodgers is still hallucinating seeing wide receivers were there <laughs> like Alice. One pill makes you small, one pill makes you big, <laughs> throws ball five yards in front of a wide receiver, then five yards over their head. Okay, that text message from Jeff in Illinois, that's hilarious. So he's like, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> um, here's a text message. I believe he had LeBron's player-first attitude is the attitude transcendent players in any league should have. Aaron couldn't have won more. He had taken control of his destiny and forced the team to trade for better players in the ways Braun did. They'd be winning more games. So you're saying Aaron Rodgers was too complacent. As in, okay, well, I guess that's just how it goes. You know what's best for this team, and I'm going to just go out there and do what's best as a player, and then he gets success put around him. I don't know. I, I It's hard to tell if Aaron Rodgers in the past may have made a stand and just may not have made it as public considering that there was opportunities for him to leave and there's, you know, the big extensions and whatnot. Was there any stipulation that if I'm going to stay, you got to do something for me? I mean, that could have been the case, and we just haven't seen it. One person said, tough year to be a Packer or Badgers fan. Time to rebuild both teams. How do you rebuild a college team? I mean, it changes so much from year to year. Packers sadly remind me of the lackluster teams of the 80s. I'll still watch, listen to them, but I think this year is lost. So that's it. I guess you got the Bucks to listen to and enjoy that. And then trade rumors in the Major League Baseball. All right, let's open this up to you, 855-616-1620. I'd like to hear from you, 855-616-1620. Dan is calling in. Welcome to WTMJ. Go ahead. Uh, never, ever give up on the Packers. Um, I was not a Packer fan in the 80s, but my wife was, and she's taught me that you you never give up on the team. Now, Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, there's a difference between talent and attitude. Aaron's got the talent. There's no doubt about that. Unfortunately, he's also got the attitude. I think it's time to put his butt on a bench and bring love in and see what we've got. I see. You just want to do it to do it at this point. What if you ruin him altogether, break his spirits, and he never plays well again in the rest of his life? You're, would you take that sacrifice? He's Maybe. had his chance. He your chance. You had it, Rogers. You had it. I love it. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And that's what I want to see. I want to see someone go in there and yell at him like a street preacher. You had your chance. I would love it. Right, make sure that's broadcast for the Internet to see. 855-616-1620. Are you done? You giving up on the Packers? Let me throw this out to you, too. Qatar is going to be the home of the World Cup, and they just announced that at their World Cup stadiums, they are no longer going to serve beer. 
beer is banned. And it's somewhat of a controversy considering Budweiser is a major sponsor. But beer will not be permitted at World Cup stadiums in Qatar, the tournament organizer announced today. Okay, how about this, football fans? Would you go up to Lambeau, watch a Packers game if you knew they would not serve you alcohol? Would you stop going to games if you knew beer wasn't an option? Because some people look at it hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. It would make the experience less enjoyable. Would you stop going to games if, let's say, they cut out beer? Seriously, would you? 855-616-1620, just like they're doing with the World Cup and Cutter. We'll take some of your calls coming up on WTMJ. Look at all these text messages here. Well, uh, Ryan, uh, at least we got the bucks. (laughs) Here's another one. Claude, St. Francis. Roger seems to be sitting on the sidelines by himself. Never saw him throw the ball this bad. Okay, that's another good one. Rogers is done. Time to let love play. No beer, no me. Okay, <laughs> that leads into the next question. Okay, you want to go see a game. What happens? Uh, I think if it wasn't for beer sales, ticket prices would go through the roof because it subsidizes a lot of the game, their ability to make money. Because, you know, they can charge you 7 8 $10 for a alcoholic beverage and you sit and watch the game and they know you want to do it. I personally do not drink. I, I wouldn't endorse drinking either. But I look at this in the World Cup stadiums. Their host, Cutter, said that we are no longer going to permit beer or alcohol in the stadiums. Budweiser is a major, major FIFA sponsor. So what is their response to that? They say, Oh, no, no, they got Bud Zero, non-alcoholic beverage. Go ahead, drink up your Bud Alcoholic Free Zero. I don't know if that's going to fly for some people. So how big of a fan do you have to be if you're used to going to the game and throwing a couple back and you can't do that anymore? I think that's going to drive a lot of people away. Would you go to a Packers game if you knew there would be no drinks at the concession stand? Would you go to a Brewers game? This is the big one, a Brewers game. If you knew on a hot day, hot day, they got the roof open, the sun is beating down, everyone's sweating, and oh, man, you could go for it, but it's not there for you to buy because it is banned at the stadium. Would you still go? How many fans do you think would stay home and say, you know what, I I think I'll just watch it on TV. I think I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll stream this one. Or do you think people would just find a large meeting place off-site and do it that that, uh, that way, 855-616-1620. It would have zero impact on me because I don't drink. I, I don't. In my family, we don't. We just have no need to do that anywhere, but let alone a game. So we'd go and still enjoy it. Maybe I'd be able to get better seats for, you know, maybe a nice deal. Maybe I'll, instead of buying the nosebleeds, I'll be able to get down lower because all these people wouldn't show up that we're expecting to get a cold one, and then I'd be able to sneak down during, you know, the fifth inning or something like that. More text messages coming in. I don't think most people can handle it. One person said, Cutter? You know, it's spelled Q-A-T-A-R, and some people say Qatar. I thought the proper pronunciation was Cutter. I mean, that's been brought back and forth. I think both are acceptable, but I think it's Cutter. One person said, Ryan, I drink at the tailgates. I don't need to do that during the game. I think Greg is just cheap. No, no, no. He's he's probably 
pragmatic in the way. I say that tongue-in-cheek, jokingly. One person said, I would not stop going to games if it were stopped. The wife and I went to the Bucks cavs game Wednesday night. We had food, orange Fanta soda. I'd much rather drink um, at a lower cost, but I do enjoy beer. Okay, but you don't need it. I think some people, that would exclude them. I think they would basically say, I'll see you. Not going to do it. That's And think of all the lines you would save, not waiting in line for it. And also think about the bathrooms. You wouldn't have to wait anymore because people wouldn't be using them nonstop because they've been pounding them all day. Uh, let's say no way the Packers would do that. They'd lose too much money. Well, this is the World Cup. They don't do the World Cup uh, all that often. Was it every four years? It's such a huge international thing. It is the most watched sport in the world. This is huge. Uh, the World Cup is, I mean, the World Cup. Bigger than the Super Bowl now. And what we find with the World Cup is that all the eyes are on it and all they do is watch it and all the national, I mean, all nations watch this because their countries may be representative in there and it's kind of the the great equalizer because it's not just, you know, well-developed nations. These are, uh, you know, not always the biggest nations. Always small ones get involved there too. So they have a lot more at stake. You know, they're, they're, the whole nation is on their shoulders as they go in and compete. So when people watch these games, if they go to the stadium, they expect to be able to do this sort of thing. But... Not when you're in a very conservative Muslim country that will ban alcohol. So they're saying we're not giving up our customs just because FIFA comes in and we're hosting some soccer matches here. Let's go to Brittany, who's holding on. Welcome to WTMJ. Go ahead, Brittany. Hi. Yeah, I think it matters if you can tailgate or if there's somewhere where you can go where you can have drinks beforehand. Because um, I usually do that and then not drink just so I don't have to pay the money, but... Um, if there was nowhere to go beforehand or nothing to do beforehand, I might not join in. Yeah, Brittany, um, can I ask how old you are? I'm 36. Oh, okay. So you might not remember the old days when you, it was easier to sneak things in. Now you can't. It's like they yeah. check everything. Um, now, right. Like before, I don't know how many people I knew. Uh, back in the day, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you can you can bring in a cooler full of McDonald's Big Macs lined with cans of Budweiser, and they wouldn't care. Like, that was the old days. Now, man, they check everything, and they're like, uh-oh, you have too many ounces of uh, fluid in this one hand sanitizer. They'll turn you around. All right, thank you, Brittany. Well, I'm a, I'm a mom oh. of four, so I can get a lot in in a diaper bag. <laughs> That's the key. Bring the diaper bag. They never check the diapers. Good tip, Brittany. Thank you very much. All right, 855-616-1620. Would you stop going to games if they stop serving alcohol? That's what they're doing in Qatar for the World Cup this year. Oh, man, some of these text messages are brutal. The WTMJ Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Matt from Howard's Grove, two text messages. First one was regarding Aaron Rodgers. He says he throws the ball like his, he, he the way he throws the ball matches his lifestyle. Whew, that's a wobbler. And the other one was, I would do what I do at Badgers games, sneak alcohol in my sock. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> Hold on a second. What do you do? So you have a sock? This is how I envision Matt going into a game. Walks in, gets his ticket scanned, starting to sweat a little. He's afraid that they might check things out, but ultimately they don't. He walks in, sits down in his seat. It's cold, and he proceeds to untie and take off his shoe, and then he removes his sock. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he wrings the sock out in an empty cup, and then he proceeds to drink it that way. <laughs> Is that how he sneaks it in his sock? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's so gross, but that's how I envision it. The big story out of Qatar in the World Cup, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than the World Cup. The announcement came. It's a predominantly very conservative Muslim country, and alcohol is a no-no, culturally speaking. And they said, you know what, we're not serving alcohol at these stadiums. Don't worry, don't worry, your big sponsor, Budweiser, who spends a lot of money with FIFA. No, they can still have Bud Zero, the non-alcoholic beverage. I don't know if that's going to be the same for them, but I think there's going to maybe be less riots at the world. Fueled a lot of these riots worldwide. You look at some of these really contentious matches over in the UK and how they will, you know, storm the field and fight each other. Uh, one person, I see producer Charlie, imagine sneaking beer in a blood bag in your shoe. What do you mean a blood bag? Do you mean like a catheter bag? <laughs> I think so. You know, I don't know how big okay. it is because I've never seen a blood bag before. All right. I think you mean a catheter bag. I don't know. People walk around with bags of blood. What would they do with a bag of blood? Well, no, the blood is out. It just has It just has beer in it. But no, I know the blood is out, but why, why would someone walk around with a bag of blood? What would the use of that be? Uh, emergency. Or they're a vampire. <laughs> emergency. <laughs> like, just in case I need an extra pint of blood, I'll keep it in this bag close by. Or if they're a vampire, yeah, if they just need a little snack here and there. They try to sneak it in in between <laughs> in between sleep. 855-616-1620. One person said, with this team they have on the field, I wouldn't go to a Packer game if they were giving away free beer. <laughs> oh, it's pretty bad right now with the Packers loss last night. I just feel bad. I know there's couples and probably elderly couples that did everything they could to find a way to get it on their TV for Amazon Prime. Maybe they lived outside of the Fox 6 viewing area, and they're thinking, oh, they called the grandkids over. Please, can you fix my TV? I can't figure out how to get the Packers game. What is Amazon? Why is it on Amazon? Why can't I watch it on TV? So they finally get that installed. They call in all their favors with the grandkids and promise another card with $20 in it for their next birthday. And then they have to watch that stinker last night, and they think, I did all of that work. To get it on Amazon Prime, and I still had to deal with that Packers team. Uh, people, oh, here's another text message. People are just going to get uh, tipsy in the parking lot. It's that simple. I wonder if it's on the same property or if they have to go outside of the property, if they'll be checking for it. Because I thought some of the adjacent areas, they actually made that point where there's going to be these sanctioned events inside of the country. Uh, if it's a sanctioned event, I wonder if the pressure is they couldn't do it there either. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. There are thousands of Badgers fans who go to Badger football and basketball games. Camp Randall, uh, and they the they don't drink alcohol. Okay, that's a good point. You go to college games, you don't have to worry about it there. So sure, there'd be a lot of fans, but it's a different thing when you take it away. You're taking part of, I think, the culture away from some people. The traditions and the things that they enjoy most about the game is to be able to relax after work. Use their hard-spent money on something like that. Uh, one person said, you could not pay me to go to any event without being able to have beer. What do you mean, any event? He's going to his child's recital. Ugh, man, really could use some right now. Like, hey, where's the concession stand? It's the, you know, the kindergartner Christmas play. Couldn't get me to go to any event. 
But a lot of the sporting events is pretty much a given. You think most people just assume that you're going to be able to get some while you're there. That's a pretty big shift for the World Cup because the eyes will be on watching all of this and all the fans, some even traveling across the world to go visit. They're going to be in for a culture shock in a lot of ways. Different countries treat things and have different laws. They're just different. And some of them and their customs are much different than it is here in the United States. I think you'll be shocked if you get over there and you try to force your American ways and cutter in a predominantly very conservative Muslim country and find out real quick if you mess around with them, they're not going to be messing around uh, either. They're going to kind of like the Brittany Griner thing. She goes to Russia, she messes around and finds out what happens when you have a very strict enforcement of the law. Yeah, watch out with that. Just be careful. 855-616-1620. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All of these text messages coming in. I'm um, going to be traveling this weekend, visiting my parents, visiting the in-laws, going to be eating Thanksgiving on the road this year. So i got a lot of packing up to do after the show today. And I know probably a lot of you have busy, busy time. Uh, so wanted to take this opportunity to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving next week if we don't get to do that. I'm watching the text messages come in. One person said, I've been sober, but I probably would relapse at a Packers game this year. Oh, no. You know, I think there's a lot of... <laughs> I'm nervously laughing. No, I've been sober for a long time, too. I, I gave up drinking some time ago, uh, probably over 10 years now. And I wouldn't go back. It's not my thing anymore. But I read all of these different stories, and people are like, wow, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. No, I couldn't do it. I'm like, no, yeah, you could. It's probably better for your life to give it up, too. Uh, here's another text message that said, uh, Ryan, for me, soccer is the most boring game, and I understand why it should be alcohol-free. The fans, in some cases, have rioted inside and out of the stadiums. Would not go to the World Cup, not for me. When was the World Cup? Was it 94 or 92 in the United States? They had it at different sites across the U.S. Remember, Chicago had a big one because they had Oprah out there. But that was a really big deal for the United States. And really, it did not usher in soccer to the country like they thought it would. The thing that actually ushered soccer in, well, of course, Major League Soccer became you know a league that was more popular then. But you got David Beckham that came to play in L.A. A lot of people are watching it all of a sudden. Hey, look at this big soccer name that's already internationally known. Now he's playing in Los Angeles. It was almost like when Wayne Gretzky came to L.A. and started playing hockey. And, and, you know, hockey was already very popular in the United States by then, you know, having the original teams in the United States and Canada. So that wasn't really much of a deal. But it got a lot of people looking at it as more of entertainment and star-studded Hollywood as opposed to just the sport that it was. And that's the same thing with David Beckham. A lot of people got into it. I think that if you're a true fan, you don't really have to worry about those sort of things. The game itself, the entertainment that it brings to you is actually a lot higher than, you know, the experience that you get inside of a stadium because you don't necessarily have to have that experience to enjoy the game. So taking that out of it and cutter and saying that we're not going to be serving this alcohol because, you know, that's our customs as a country. That's kind of what our culture is like. You know, how many times have you heard here in the United States that we should embrace other people's cultures? We should be going out of our way to make sure that everyone is comfortable with their cultures. Well, you go to another country, and how often do we find that we try to force our culture onto them? So, no, you got to let them do their thing, man. And that's the way it goes when you pick them as one of the sites, and they're paying good money for it. Uh, one person said, uh, okay, the small, they get small packets from a store. They buy soda and mix it on their own. 
Small packets meaning what you see in hotel rooms, like those little tiny bottles, and kind of hide that on yourself somewhere. Uh, one person said, if society can't enjoy an event like the World Cup without alcohol, uh, respecting a custom, this is horribly sad. Okay, that's a good point. One person said, uh, I snuck it into Camp Randall, got busted trying to mix it, and got kicked out. <laughs> Tony in Dallas. Oh, no. They are watching you. Oh, then he goes on to say, I can't imagine what they might do if you're in Cutter. You nailed it. Oh, man. They're not messing around. You'll find yourself in a Brittany Griner situation, and the world won't care about you. They won't talk about prison swaps with a guy like you. Not a chance. 1994. Okay, that was the last time the World Cup was in the United States. It's coming back in 2026. All right. How about that? Yeah, that's going to be a big time. I wonder, too, is it really worth the effort to bring the Olympics back to the United States? Is it really worth the effort, the amount of money you have to put forth to build these stadiums, these facilities, the security, everything? You know, you got to get a lot of workers. You got to get a lot of volunteers. You got to uh, the technical aspect of it. They always spend billions of dollars to line all of this up, and it seems like there's always complications. There's always less people watching it than they thought they would. There's always less sponsors, less money, and then you find yourself on the hook for all this extra money that didn't pay off. But publicity-wise, I guess if you're L.A., you know, if they, as long as they stay out of the streets and don't do a wide shot with all the syringes and human waste on the ground as they show the luxury of a billion-dollar stadium in the background, then sure, it looks good for Los Angeles or all the homeless encampments they're going to have to kick out in some of these facilities around the buildings. All right, when we come back, there was a really disappointment, a uh, huge disappointing moment last night. Well, two nights ago, I guess, on Jeopardy. Was it last night, two nights? Someone pointed it out. They asked a question uh, on Jeopardy that I think most of you, the listener, a well-educated listener, would be able to answer. But the three contestants on the show were unable to answer it. I'm going to challenge producer Charlie after the break and see if he's smarter than the contestants on Jeopardy. 855-616-1620 is the number. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on WTMJ. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. I am not a Jeopardy guy. I'll watch it, and I will feel quite inadequate in my own knowledge because there's some tough questions on there, and there's some smarty-pants people in the world. You know, it could be okay to watch once in a while. One of my great moments in life is when I must have been about 13, and I knew the answer to a Final Jeopardy question, and my mom didn't. And I rubbed it in her face for a week. I'm like, oh, yeah, remember that time I got the final Jeopardy answer right? There was a question on Jeopardy this week that the contestants all got wrong. And it was a question that I think most contestants, or at least maybe if you were a contestant, would probably get right. So in order to find out if the average run-of-the-mill, hard-working Milwaukee guy will be able to answer this question when the smarty pants can't, I think it's important that we ask our producer, Charlie, to join us here for a second. Charlie, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. So what I would like to do is read you this question that was on Jeopardy, and you tell me the answer. Are you ready? Bring it on. If you got it. She's the first black woman on the Supreme Court and the first justice to have been a federal public defender. Uh, Who is Katanji Brown? Ooh, I'll give it to you. I don't know if the judges at Jeopardy would, but yeah, Katanji Brown Jackson. And the category was 
three named people. Okay, you got it right, Charlie. Woo! 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 All right, you should be very happy about yourself. If I were you, I would do a victory lap on the three contestants who struggled with that one. Here, listen for yourself. Let's play clip number two. She's the first black woman on the Supreme Court and the first justice to have been a federal public defender. That's Justice Jackson, Katanji Brown Jackson. Okay, this is where CNN steps in. I don't think that's that surprising. I will it's say, just, like, a lot is, of people are laughing. These are smart on the people, Court. though. These are when you go on Jeopardy. When you go on Jeopardy, I, I, she look, was if you just were, confirmed. Okay, right? but listen, She's if you're standing news, outside, I think Caitlin's right. If you're standing outside of a mall or whatever, and people may not know when they do the man on the street yeah, thing, yeah. yes. But when you're smart enough to be a contestant on Jeopardy, you got to know about current events to yeah. be on Jeopardy. Maybe not any successful and, on and history making ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I can't believe it. All right. I don't know if it's one of those deals where I just can't believe it. I just thought something like a Supreme Court justice would be enough to be able to figure that out. So the category was three named people. Some people online speculated that the reason why they didn't answer is because they didn't know, like Katanji Jackson, they didn't know it was Katanji Brown Jackson, right? They didn't know the third name that went into it. And then again, was it even that confusing to begin with? Maybe they didn't realize she was the first black woman on the Supreme Court um, because they thought, oh, maybe that's already been the case. Because, you know, there's been men that have been black men on the Supreme Court. So maybe they thought, oh, of course, there's been a woman, too. Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe that's something else that held them up. All right. That's uh, producer Charlie smarter than the three smarty pants are on there. If I were you, seriously, Charlie, I would do a victory lap. I would let everyone know that you're smarter than those three that were on there, much like I bragged about it to my mom for a week after getting the question and the question uh, the answer was uh jack landon that was the answer i got in final jeopardy i was able to figure that out because i just read call of the wild a book for the fun of it one of the only times i've ever read a book for the fun of it and i just knew the answer to it right away all right coming up in the next hour you don't have to be a smarty pants to listen in fact you don't even have to be a smarty pants to host a show here Did you notice that there's a lot of controversy again for Tim Allen? Disney Plus has released the Santa Clauses, and it's supposed to be a big Tim Allen comeback. You know, Santa Claus was such a huge phenomenon when it was a movie. Everyone really loved it. You know, the idea that, you know, Santa's on your roof, he falls off, and you actually become the next Santa Claus by putting on the jacket. And there he is. Boom. It became an international success. They decided to reboot it with Tim Allen. But there's some conservative messages inside of it that are getting critics and some people upset. Is that even worthy of getting upset about? I don't think so. In fact, it makes me want to watch it more. And I'm guessing it makes you want to watch it more, too. Plus, uh, what are some great vacation spots that are not named after Walt Disney? We'll get to that, too. Coming up on The Jeff Wagner Show, I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now filling in for Jeff Wagner, here's your host, Ryan Recker. That was a fun first hour. Let's uh, keep it going. 855-616-1620. Tim Allen has been doing interviews based on the new Disney Plus series that's coming out, The Santa Clauses. It's been 28 years, I think, since the first... Santa Claus movie that premiered, well-loved. I still watch it. I think it holds up pretty well. I like the idea of him going with his kid to have a meal at Denny's uh, because they couldn't cook because it burnt in the oven. His 
a great 90s ploy. Like, that's a few things back in the 80s and 90s. You always had the dad mess things up in the kitchen, so they had to go and eat at a Denny's or a Chinese restaurant. And the other big trope that you would see, I don't know if that's the right word, but the thing that you would see, the stereotypical thing that you would see always is the have to be in two places at one time. Every single sitcom had that one gag where a guy was on a date, but he's also on another date at different parts of the restaurant. I hope they don't see each other or run into each other. It's always like that. So you have Disney Plus come out with this new The Santa Claus adaptation. It's Tim Allen, and I'm reading some of the reviews on it, and people aren't happy. They say, right-wing Santa has ruined the magic of the series. No, it doesn't for me. Uh, Not at all. In fact, I love the Santa Claus movies. And I think that Santa Claus as Tim Allen is a good fit. I've seen the follow-up movies that they produced afterwards. And I would think that there's very little conservative-style people out there still producing things in masses like this. Like, what do we got left, honestly? If if you're right-wing or conservative, this is what you have left. You have, once in a while, uh, Hallmark movies? I mean, you got that, because that kind of has a nice message. Um, some Disney movies, not all, but some Disney is left. Uh, that's it. I mean, what, what else is there? Yellowstone? Okay, you got that. But for the most part, conservative entertainers just don't have the same platform that you have. And I'm like that, too. Sometimes I'll see an actor and think, oh, I'm not going to watch this. I'm just, I'm done. I, I am not going to watch this person because the things that they do outside of the movie have just ruined them for me. I can't do it. Like, you know, Alec Baldwin, no thanks. I'm just going to pass. This is dumb. Or some of these other big stars that make their whole personality into hating conservatives or Republicans or Donald Trump or whatever. It doesn't matter. If that's what most of their uh, most of their off-camera work in their discussions are about ruins it for me. And I'm looking to online. This is one of those deals on the Rotten Tomatoes where they will compile a bunch of reviews from critics and then they'll review the audience. And this is one of those deals where the critical review is low, but the audience score is very high. I kind of like that. I also know that Stallone, he's got something coming out on Paramount Plus. It's called Tulsa King. That's supposed to be really good. I just wish more actors would stay out of this, you know? I wish that, for the most part, I wouldn't have to know the political affiliation of an actor. Seriously. And they could be mild political affiliations. Like, I look at The Rock, mild political affiliation. Doesn't bother me whatsoever. I actually like The Rock a lot. Tom Hanks, mild political affiliation. I don't mind him so much. You know, that's that's fine for me. But then you get a million other actors out there that make their whole personality about hating Republicans and all the different things that you look at as values, and you're like, I just can't do that. Sorry, I'm skipping this movie. So good for Tim Allen. I hope he gets a lot of success with this. I hope that in the Christmas series, the Scrooges out there that don't like it because he's too conservative, just forget about it. Let it be. Let us enjoy this while we can. And we'll have to hopefully find a little bit more in the entertainment realm that will offer something to us without making it into the we hate you. Like, but still buy our stuff and still see our movies, but ultimately we hate you. You know, those type of deals. 855-616-1620 is the number. You know, I'd like to hear from you. Uh, Coming up in the next segment, let's talk a little bit more about Disney. My family took a trip to Disney last year. Loved it. It was a great vacation. But it's so expensive, and there's a new survey out about 
families that just can't afford it but still go. Can you name some great vacation alternatives that are not affiliated with Walt Disney? Can you give me some recommendations? 855-616-1620. What are some great vacation alternatives not named after Walt Disney? We'll talk about that coming up, too. And I'd like your recommendations. Coming up on the Jeff Wagner Show, I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Great text messages. One person texted in. Um, Let me go back here. Wow. Said, I randomly tune in and hear Ryan Recker. It's Friday, Friday partying. Yeah. I used to do this thing on my overnight show in St. Louis where I would play Rebecca Black. The last hour of the show leading into Friday. It was a Thursday night going into Friday. And half the audience hated it, half loved it. But I did it anyway because that's how I go and that's how I roll. And you know what? It's amazing the things that people remember of the dumb on-air stunts that just get caught in your head. And you know what? I still sing it to this day. Don't act like I'm above it by any means, but I'll I'll sing it in the house, and my kids will get in on it, too. I think they like it, even though I doubt they've actually heard the real song. Thank you for that. It's always great running into anyone that may have heard some of my shows in the past accidentally. One person said, I'm not sure I would describe Hallmark as conservative anymore with all of the... Uh, LGBTQ stuff. You know, I don't know about that controversy. Mostly because it's running all the time, nonstop, constantly. And I guess I don't watch it enough, but I've watched it enough in the past when my wife had it turned on around the holidays. So has Hallmark turned a corner? Are they different too now? See, I guess I guess I haven't noticed or seen it. Um, I, is it just that or does it get political? Does it like you know play with some of the storylines that happen? You know what I love? The only time I'll actually get into a, one of these like, Christmas movies is when they follow a radio station or a radio personality. There's been a couple of them as of late. There was one last year or two years ago where it was a guy and a girl combination. They've known each other forever and they're in Chicago and they're doing a morning show and the big leagues call up satellite radio (laughs) and they're like, oh, we don't want to lose this. So they come up with a scandal or they come up with a story that they were going to marry each other because that was hopefully going to give them ratings. But it was all secretive and they only did it for show in hopes that they would get the big contract afterwards. But ultimately, they end up falling in love anyway. I bet you could have saw that one coming. But I love radio station Christmas movies. Oh, they got TV ones, too. Oh, big time producer comes back to their small town and falls in love with the whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Here, Okay, so here's the question I was asking, and maybe you can help me out with this one. 855-616-1620. According to LendingTree in this write-up in Fox 6, if you go to Disney, have you actually gone into debt for that vacation? 18% said they went on one or more of trips to Disney and went into debt. Of the roughly 1,000 people that they surveyed who visited the park, little under 20% went into debt. Uh, if you are a millennial, that's between the ages of 26 and 41, you're more likely to have gone into debt. 27% said they have done that. That is such a bad, bad play. I'm looking at the cost to go to Disney. Yeah, five grand in 2022. I took my family of four there last year. We spent so much money because we stayed on the park grounds. Uh, we ate on the park grounds. We ate everything there. We did order a Instacart to get some stuff for the hotel room, but the hotel room we decided to stay in was a larger one. It had its own separate room, had two bathrooms. So 
we kind of like utilized the space. We were able to bring some food in because it had like a little fridge and a sink and stuff like that. So we, uh, you know, we paid a little extra for some of the things we did, but we didn't go into debt for it. it luckily, we didn't. But I kept thinking to myself, I don't know if I'd spend this much money again on a vacation. Um, it was fun. I would love to go again sometime in the future, but it's just so expensive. Do you have any alternate vacations to take a family? Any spots I should know about that are not named after Walt Disney? What are those? Call or text 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Here's some text messages that came in. I suggest checking out the Science Museum of Minnesota and then a Minnesota Wild Hockey game, both of which are very close to each other. Uh, I recommend not throwing octopi when you are watching the Wild. Thank you for that tip, Jeff. You know that I grew up in Detroit, so octopi is always an option or at least a possibility when you're at a game. But it'll end up on the ice, them scraping it off. One person said, how about a family vacation all the water parks and roller coasters in Sandusky, Ohio? That's pretty good. Yeah, I used to go to Cedar Point quite frequently when I was living in Michigan. Cedar Point was, you know, you went once a summer. You drove down to Sandusky, and you just enjoyed it. And it was an easy day trip. You know, it took a couple hours to get there, a couple hours back. It was always great when you got your driver's license. You're 16, 17, 18, or whatever. During the summer, you're young, you're a teenager, and your parents let you drive to go to Cedar Point for the day. There's nothing better than hanging out with your friends all day with roller coasters. Yeah, that was great. Uh, one person mentioned all the national parks are worth it if you spend time there. Washington, D.C., everything there is free except your hotel. I might try Washington, D.C. sometime. I don't know if the kids would be too bored going through museums. And I'm worried about that with the national parks. They might be at that age too young to appreciate it. They would get bored too quick. And then basically it's just everyone's angry at each other. I don't want to do camping. I'm too old to lay on the ground and fall asleep. I just don't want to do that if I don't have to. I don't want to glamp either, which is glamorous camping, uh, because I'm too much of a guy to admit that that's the only way you'll get me out camping anymore. So maybe the national parks aren't the right thing for me if you're talking about camping, but I'm guessing there's other resorts and things around it. I would do D.C., though, as an adult. Okay, tell me, what are some of these great places to go to? Uh, What are some great vacation spots? Because I don't want to go into debt. And I don't know if I can afford to go to Disney again. 855-616-1620. We'll take some of your calls coming up after the break. Help me out here. And help my wife. She wants to get some ideas for vacations, too. I'm Ryan Recker on WTMJ. Looking at some great recommendations. And maybe you can recommend something to me and my family. Last year, we spent the money. We went to Disney. It was one of those vacations that I thought... I wouldn't enjoy, as in, basically, I'm there for the kids. And I ended up loving it. I mean, loving it. And I see why grown adults without children vacation at Disney. I didn't understand it before. I understand it now. Still a little weird, but I still at least understand it. But I can't see myself spending that much money again on a vacation. It was way too much. Do you have any good vacation recommendations Because the new survey says about 18% of those that visit Disney go into debt but have no regrets. I would have regrets if I went into debt going to Disney. So I want to avoid that. 855-616-1620. Let's go to Paula calling in. Welcome to WTMJ. Hi. I am going to recommend renting a houseboat on the Lake of the Ozarks. We did that about 10 years ago. A houseboat. And we did that about 10 years ago, our family did. And it was wonderful. 
Um, okay, you, did you stay on the boat like, at all times? Um, pretty much, yeah. We would dock once in a while at little bars and restaurants around the lake to eat, but most of the time they brought food right out to the boat for you. Um, we could cook on the boat. There was a full kitchen. We could barbecue on the boat. There were uncomfortable beds. So it's kind of like camping, but I'm not a camper. And so it was a compromise for me because the cabin was air-conditioned for sleeping at night. There were real beds. There was a flushing toilet and a shower. So you had the conveniences of a hotel room, but you had all the nature kind of things. You'd float, you know, you'd motor around the lake and you'd just beach the craft on yeah. some of the federal or state lands at night. There were other boats on the lake and you sort of got to know the people who had rented other boats for the week. Mm-hmm. And so you'd hang out at night and um, maybe have a little bonfire on the beach or a few beverages. Okay. It was really a lot well, of fun. Let, I have so many questions, Paula. i, I got to ask you these questions. Number okay. one, when yeah. you're taking a shower on a houseboat, is it just pulling the water from the lake? No. Oh, no. Okay. It's, That's probably it's, for the best. Fresh water. <laughs> okay. Okay, you got oh, fresh yeah. water. Okay, number two, when, well, no pun intended, but when you're using the restroom and flush, is it just flushing it out to the lake? No, no, and you had to monitor how full your waste tank got. But we were a family yeah. of four, and in five days, we didn't even fill up the waste tank, not even a third of the way. Wow. Okay, and then how big is this boat? I mean, how much space did you have on it to have beds and everything? Well, we, we, <laughs> we had more room than we needed. We rented a 40-foot houseboat. And 40 there was foot? four of us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Um, no, Do you have to get did. special insurance riders for that? Um, yeah, I believe that was part of the package. The one thing that we had to do was two adults, so myself and my husband, had to take a two-hour piloting course given by the rental company on how to pilot a 40-foot boat. And mm. so, and they... I don't know. They just taught you a few things that you needed to know. I didn't remember it being really onerous, but it was yeah. a really, really fun vacation for a okay. family. But you have to like the walk. Did you your like walk. husband have to get a hat like the skipper on Gilligan's Island in order to take these classes? <laughs> no, I hope he did. No, um, <laughs> I know he didn't get a hat like the skipper, but. I do remember a lot of Hawaiian-type shirts on that. Oh, vacation. yeah. Okay, 100% needed. Paula, thank you for the call. Yeah, you definitely need to get the Hawaiian shirts if you're renting a houseboat. Didn't the ladies' man live on a houseboat, the old SNL thing? Like, I remember they made a movie with Tim Meadows, and I think he lived on a houseboat. Could you imagine renting one of those? You get down there, and it's shag carpeting, and everything's like purple velvet. Let's go to Rich calling in. Welcome to WTMJ. Hi. Hi, good afternoon. I used to take my daughter, and she takes her daughter now to Santa Claus, Indiana, a place called Holiday World. It's family-owned. It's not not Disney, and it's great. It's still nice after all these years. What's the special thing there? Like, what's the attraction? 
Oh, it's like an amusement park and everything. Every piece of the park is after a holiday. I mean, you can have Thanksgiving dinner in July if you want. <laughs> oh, man. It's great. Everything is It's nice. It's clean, family-friendly. Uh, Perfect. All kinds of rides. Yes, there is, and it shows. It's really nice. Do they it's have really fake snow weird. during the summer? Do they crank that in, too? <laughs> no, they don't. They have <laughs> water pushed in. But, you know, <laughs> but it's it's freezing. really nice. Well, that sounds yeah. great. Thank you for the tip. I appreciate that, Rich. Um, that sounds like a good one. All right, uh, we got some great calls on the line, but I'd like to hear from you, too. Do you have any vacation recommendations that are not named after Walt Disney? I can't afford that anymore. I'm, uh, you listen, that was a once-in-a-lifetime for me, even though my wife's begging me. Let's go back sometime. I need to be able to give her some alternatives and not let her know that it's because I'm cheap. I want to say, oh, no, no, Rich told me about this place in Indiana. No, Paula told me we should go rent a houseboat, 40-footer, and you don't even dump your waste into the lake. I mean, they got their own special septic tank in there. See, it's not gross at all. I want to be able to follow that up with my wife, 855-616-1620. The WTMJ Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. I need some recommendations of vacation spots. Good for a family. And it won't it won't set me back into debt because that's the latest survey. Almost twenty percent of people that visit a Disney theme park go into debt, but they love it so much they keep going back. They would rather go into debt than not go to Disney. I think there's so many other great places you can go to that's worth exploring that you don't have to go to debt. You can still have that family vacation. Let's take some more of your calls, and let's go to Andy, who's holding on. Welcome to WTMJ. Hey, nice to be on. Great. Um, my suggestion, we did this uh, before COVID, but we went to Venice, Italy, and that is a place that's on the must-see uh, list because with the seas rising, it may be gone. Uh, Andy, how much money did you spend on tickets alone just to fly out there? No clue. My yeah, wife too much. Uh, you could go to Disney for that. <laughs> They're expensive to fly international. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Disney, done that. <laughs> Weren't you afraid of getting stuck there? You fly out, and then you can't get a flight back? Oh, no, this was prior to COVID. Oh, okay, so this was before yeah. you knew all that holdup. Okay, yeah. then you might have even had a great... You know, plane ticket price. That would be the best way to do it. Yes, we did. Hey, they got good pizza there? If you plan it out far enough, it works out really well. Do they have good pizza there? Um, yes, actually. There were some places that served it, and it was pretty good. The food there's was a, actually uh, outstanding wherever we went. There's a great corner pizza shop I go to a lot called Domino's. Have you ever been there? Dominoes? You mean Domino's? Oh, it's pronounced Domino's. I see. I guess you have those all over the place. That was my dad joke <laughs> for the day. Thank you very much for the call, Andy. Right, he, he picked up on that. You know, dads pick up on other dad jokes. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. Uh, Mike, welcome to WTMJ. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. So we just got back from Kentucky. We went to the Keeneland uh, horse races in uh, Lexington and stayed in Georgetown, which obviously has a ton of wineries and a ton of bourbon. But, um, but like, totally together, it was under two grand. We stayed in a VRBO, 
and it was great. It was, it's like, what's, you know, seven, eight hour drive there, and it's easy. What's a VRBO? Just uh, another thing, like, you know, rent someone else's house, but it was like the lady lived uh, there, but they had a whole wing that you could stay in. So you were taking out a part of this lady's home while she was still in it? Yeah, she lived like in the back of the house. It was like a it was an art studio with a yoga thing, and then there was two, a completely separate part of the house that she rented out from hers. So, yeah, and this was, was in Kentucky. So, what did you yeah. do while you were there? We went to the Keeneland horse races, and mm-hmm. that was only under twenty bucks to sit in the stands for all day long, and then you could bet for as less as least as two dollars and sixty cents and win a hundred. So it you fun. know, it, it was, I want to say I went there once on a job interview, but I didn't bet anything. But did you take kids there? <laughs> um, there's a ton of kids there. We don't have any kids, but my nephew's going with us. He wants to go for his graduation next year, so we're going to go again. So he and wants to graduate, and he wants to go to the horse track. That sounds like Uncle Buck, where he puts the two kids in the back seat, and then he has second thoughts. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best place for a kid. <laughs> now he's been traveling with us the whole, his whole life, so, yep. But it was a great time. Okay. So, All right. Well, thanks for the recommendation. appreciate that. Uh, 855-616-1620 is the number. And I'm looking at some of these other recommendations. Producer Charlie mentions that, of course, the Dells, if you're in Wisconsin, that's a great thing to do if you haven't been out that way. I'm looking at some of these other ones. Text messages that are coming in. Rent a house on a lake up north. We do it every year, and the kids can't wait to go. Another person said, northern Wisconsin, rent a cabin. Okay. I like the idea of a cabin. I also hesitate to use one of those websites where you rent uh, houses because I'm always afraid the hidden fees, what if there's any discrepancies. I mean, sometimes people have bad experiences or you show up and there's, you know, not letting you in because you, you know, maybe someone put a fraudulent listing up there. I get nervous about those things. I like the security of knowing who you're working with. Another person said, take your family to Washington Island at the top of Door County. Beautiful, affordable, and no lines for anything. Are there any places that you would recommend that are great food places, too? Because maybe that's something I look forward to is like, hey, what am I going to eat? I found myself really enjoying Disney food while I was there, too. But then again, maybe it was just because I was starving and I could have had anything to eat and it would have been the best food ever. I was pushing around a double stroller, so I had... Two kids, and this stroller is giant, and I'm pushing it everywhere, uphill, downhill, whatever, because that's just the way it goes at Disney. I'm working up an appetite, and here I am eating a hot dog, thinking it's fine cuisine, like a $50 steak. Uh, One person said, went to Six Flags in St. Louis, not a long drive, uh, stayed nearby, loved it. We go to Six Flags, I live here in St. Louis. We get the family pass, and every year, my wife and son, they go up to Six Flags, I mean, like back in its heyday, they were going twice a week because it was such an affordable thing to do, and you got the food pass with it for not that much extra. I think they've changed their pricing since then, but, man, was that a good deal. One said, Park City, Utah, the Olympic grounds. Okay, that's a good spot. Uh, Northern Wisconsin, get a cabin. A lot of people are saying Northern Wisconsin. That seems to be a hot spot for many different people. All right, well, thanks for the recommendations here. I really do think there could be some... I will look into with my wife. Uh, but but before, uh, before we go to break, before we move on, we'll take one last call with Mike. Welcome to WTMJ. Hi. 
Oh, Mark. I'm sorry. I said Mike. Mark, go ahead. Oh, hello. Yeah, the San Diego Zoo is awesome. Mm-hmm. San Diego is far away. That's a that's a trip and a half. Did you fly out or did you drive out? I lived out there for almost 30 years. Would you travel this far? Would you go from Wisconsin to San Diego just for the zoo? I've, I've done it a couple times since I moved back here. Wow. What makes it so special then? It's it's just such a unique place. I mean, it, it is. you'll never see it all in one day. You've got to take a minimum of three days to see the entire zoo. Wow. That's a big zoo. Uh, so you'd spend all that time there because I, you know, I got zoos where I live. I can go see elephants where I live. I can go see some penguins and smell the fish. Uh, so really, what does make it special? Is it just because it's a, a large zoo? Well, most of your zoos around here have taken the page, the playbook from the San Diego Zoo as far as how they set up their displays, how they set up the pens for the animals. Hmm, well, that makes sense. I um, thank you very much for the call, Mark. When I was, oh boy, let's say 10 years old, roughly, my family got our first computer in the house, maybe 12 years old, something like that. I think it was before high school. Yeah. No, it was before high school. Yeah, so I, it, it must have been about 12 years old. We get the family computer, and one of the things that came with it was a CD-ROM with the San Diego Zoo. So here's what we can do. Here's Let's display the power of your computer by showing you horribly compressed videos from the San Diego Zoo, and I thought it was so cool. And I thought, oh, wow, this has got to be the best world-class zoo in the world for them to be included in my PC purchase that my parents got for the family. Never been out that way. You know, I've been to some pretty good zoos. St. Louis has a fantastic zoo here, too, so I, I don't feel like I need to travel to San Diego. does sound pretty awesome. I did go to the zoo in Miami once on my honeymoon, and it was so hot that we bought an ice cream, and it melted all over my hand before I can eat it. Like, it was almost instantly melt. So I remember walking around with sticky hands this whole time, and it was burning hot. And I just think to myself, man, I'm spending my honeymoon at the zoo. What am I doing wrong? We're going to take a break. I'm Ryan Recker, <laughs> WTMJ. Wanted to give a huge shout-out to the dancing grannies who are getting ready to march again. I saw the AP posted this up, but they're talking about, of course, a year out from the tragedy in Waukesha, some of which lost their life as part of that parade route. But the AP did a national story talking about how the dancing grannies are going to be back at it. Rain or shine, I mean, for the most part, they're dressed in the parades with the same enthusiasm and the uh, same outfits and everything else that they would have had in the past. And it's November and it's cold. I'm looking at some of these outfits. I'm thinking, how can they go out there and have exposed skin? It's too cold out for something like that. They have been together, what, since the 1980s? Is it longer? i got to look at that. No, no, they're, they're showing photos of them maybe going back some time. But I, uh, I just want to give them a lot of credit considering the tragedy that went through Waukesha, but part of the idea is that we're not going to let that deter us and we're going to continue to be able to do the things that we love. And that's good for them, and I wanted to wish them the best. Also, something else I noticed, that I was on a website that put together the top 25 hobbies. And I was going through this, and I thought, oh, maybe my hobby will be on there. But of course it's not. I have such a weird, stupid hobby. I collect animation cells. Animation cells are the old school way that animators would create cartoons back in the 
90s and earlier, before computer animation took over. And what they would do is they would take these celluloids, they're called. It's basically a clear sheet. And then one person would draw on one side, they flip it over, and then they would paint on the other side. And they would create the characters, the backgrounds, and then, you know, they would overlay these clear sheets over each other, snap a photo, snap it twice, and then, you know, pull it up, put the next one down, pull it up, put it down, because, you know, animation is just a bunch of photos in succession, and boom, 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 boom. Well, what would happen is, in a half-hour television show, you might have 20,000, 25,000 cells that either got destroyed, reused, or in some cases sold, and I collect those, and I love collecting them. I think it's a lot of fun to collect it, and I have always wanted to find another cell collector in real life, and I have yet to meet one in person. Maybe I need to pick up a different hobby. Here are the top hobbies, gardening, baking, jigsaw puzzles, bird watching, playing board games. One, two, three, four, five. I don't garden. Try not to bake if I don't have to, unless I'm baking bacon. Don't do jigsaw puzzles. Don't bird watch. Rarely play board games. Every once in a while. You know, I'll play the games with my kids, so I've got to find something that's good for an 8-year-old. Okay, then after that, growing food, which apparently is different than gardening. So growing food, would that count that poor lady living in an apartment that had mushrooms behind her couch because there was water leaking from the wall? Does that count as growing food? I hope not. Uh, knitting, coloring books, sewing, record collecting, cross-stitch, stamp collecting, coin collecting, model making, Painting watercolors, crocheting embroidery is on the list, too. Uh, computer programming, candle making, scrapbooking, woodworking, flower arranging, model railways, sweet making is, I guess, different than baking, and then cheese making. I would love to meet someone that makes their own cheese. Of all of those on the list, there's only two of them that actually interest me. Woodworking. And my wife has tried to convince me to start woodworking because she watches HGTV. And she says, oh, wouldn't that be great if you can just go out into the garage and make that for me? Oh, it's it's like such a fantasy of hers that I go out there and learn woodworking so I can create shelves for her without her having to buy stuff from Ikea. And then the cheese making always interests me because I love cheese. And I only have the same cheeses over and over again. My favorite cheese is what I call flannel cheese. I think that's Munster cheese, but if you look at it on the side, it kind of looks like flannel. Uh, I would love to learn how to make my own cheese, honestly, and I've never met a cheesemaker in my entire life. I've met people that have brewed their own beers and made their own whatever. I've met people that do watercolors and computer program. I've even met people that create candles. I've met people that scrapbook, crochet. I made, I've met people that have done all those other things except cheesemaking, and I would love to run into that. Maybe there's a cheesemaker listening right now. I don't even know where to start with something like that, but it sounds like fun. I'm Ryan Recker. This is WTMJ. Some of these text messages that are coming in now. Uh, one person said, this is Jim from Fondelac, a dude that walked past me at Farm Fleet yesterday, or Fleet Farm, smelled like he was growing some pretty mean cheese. Does that qualify as being a cheesemaker? How do you know that he was growing cheese? <laughs> Uh, one person said, you need to attend Monroe's Cheese Days, and you'll get all sorts of cheese info. I would love to do that. I would guess in wager that I would tell my wife, let's go to the Cheese Fest, and she would say, oh, no, honey, you can do that one on your own. You know what I like to do? So my wife hates it when I do this, but 
when I make eggs for the kids or whatever, when the pan is done and it's still hot, I like to put on some shredded cheese and fry it up on a pan and make fried cheese chips. And then I'll just eat the chips, crispy fried cheese. It's so good, but it leaves this oil behind, and it smells terrible. And my wife will wake up in the morning, and she'll say, you were frying cheese again, weren't you? She's so annoyed by it. That's the attempt. I mean, that's really all I do when it comes to cheese. I mean, I'll add cheese to everything. You know, cheese, bacon, butter. I mean, pretty much make everything better, those three ingredients. I don't know if there's a better trifecta of ingredients that make other foods taste better. If you can name it, I, I doubt you can, but this is butter. Bacon, cheese, boom, boom, boom. That's all you need. Wow. Uh, but thanks for that. Another person text in, Ryan, any key cells from Batman Beyond? I'm looking to add a hero shot, only the WB store uh, maquette. I've seen those two. No. Now, I those are two different things from what I understand. The maquettes are like actual figurines, but they're used to model the characters. It's what the artists would use. You see those in movies, too, and they still make those. It's Even though they have digital um, ways to make cartoons today, you know, a lot of the Pixar movies, Disney movies, things like that, gone digital a long time ago, but they still make physical models for them to help understand the characters and see it in a three dimension. And those are very valuable if you can get your hands on some of those. Another person, uh, but the Batman Beyond stuff, Batman's super popular still. All those WB shows in the 90s, even Batman Beyond, they're expensive. Uh, you're looking at about $400 to get one of those Batman cells anymore. That's about the price, three to $400. And a lot of people collect them, and they go for that on eBay. Sometimes you can get them for a little better deal. So thank you for that. No, I don't have any Batman. I have been you know, basically trying to find a full-time job for a long time. So I do a lot of fill-in work, including here at WTMJ, but I do fill-in work for stations in Buffalo and uh, St. Louis here, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and uh, I got some other ones I'm lining up and getting ready to to start for the first time, too, and I'm really looking forward to those. But until I actually find a full-time job and, and offered an extended one, I've stopped buying animation cells and that's my hobby and it kills me because i still search for them online much like you're looking for batman stuff so maybe i need to find a cheaper a cheaper uh, hobby in the meantime is creating cheese a cheaper expensive hobby i guess i'll have to find out all right coming up in the next hour i want to discuss twitter this was trending through the overnight r.i.p twitter is twitter dead we'll discuss that and is there a Thanksgiving food that everyone else loves but you won't touch? I got one, and when I tell people I hate it, they basically pass out in disgust. We'll get to that in the next hour on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now filling in for Jeff Wagner, here's your host, Ryan Recker. Ooh, one more hour than Wisconsin's afternoon news. A lot uh, trending on Twitter. We'll talk about that. And is there a Thanksgiving food that you hate that everyone else loves? I got one. We'll talk about that, too. During the break, our producer Charlie said he took a call from someone that said their boss collects animation cells. See, I want to meet that guy. I want to be friends with that person. Uh, I forgot what company it was, Charlie. Maybe you can tell me, but it was a construction company in town, I guess, his boss uh, owns it. Yeah, I heard Miracle Homes Construction. Got it. Cool. That's awesome. I, I really would love to meet another collector in person. Yet to do that, but someday I will. Now, this morning I woke up on Twitter, and the hashtag was hashtag RIP Twitter. 
Rest in peace. Space Karen was out there. In the past, Elon Musk has been called Space Karen because of SpaceX, of course, launching stuff into space and him bringing up his grievances online to other people. Space Karen. That's hilarious. And there was another term, butts, B-U-T-T-S. That was trending today, too. All of these things are somewhat related. But here's what happened. On Wednesday, Elon Musk sent a letter to the employees of Twitter that said, hey, uh, I want you to be committed to this company. I want you to tell me you're going to work hard for this company. You have until Thursday at 5 o'clock, Thursday at 5 o'clock, to decide if you're going to work hard for this company or not. Well, apparently last night after 5, a lot of people left. Some, you know, people left the company. That's just what it does. They didn't want, they don't like Elon Musk. They don't like his style. They don't like his management. They don't like what he brings to the table, so they wanted to leave the company. That's the way to do it. If you don't like the guy, you can leave your job. In fact, that's probably encouraged, and that's why he was trying to force the hand. The other thing that happened during this is that he said, what we're going to do is close down the main office branch. We're going to lock up things. And the reason he, at least I saw reported, was because he wanted to make sure none of the former employees or ones that were going to leave but decided to maybe come back were going to sabotage any of the code or any of the electronics, anything in the background, because he was afraid that some of these people working there may be activists and go in and mess things up behind the scenes. So he said, what we're going to do is lock things down until Monday. You'll have a couple of days off, either that or work from home, and we'll be done with it. That led people online to say that, oh, Twitter's dead. Twitter's going to die. Nothing's going to happen. It's gone. See you later, Twitter. Bye. You know, Elon Musk buys it 40-some billion dollars later and destroys it within a matter of a month. Well, I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, I think that for him, it's a pretty big culture shock when maybe the atmosphere was it's loosey-goosey and I have my uh, personal chef out there cooking for me in the morning and afternoon if I decide to show up and use that service. And I got my sleep pods and I got my, you know, you name it, things that you wouldn't normally think would conduct a good work ethic when there's so many distractions. And really, is there any repercussion for them using those things? I think there are some pretty big culture shocks when you have a guy that comes in and says, no, we're going to work hard. we got to turn this thing around. The path that's on is wrong. we got a lot to change. Roll up your sleeves. Tell me if you want to be a part of it. And a lot of them did not. They said, okay, I'm out. <laughs> so that led people to believe it was closing. But it's not. In fact, I think this is all part of design. I don't think... Twitter's going to disappear, and Elon Musk is out there saying that we've never had more traffic in the history of the entire website. More people are using it now than ever. If anything, the controversy is helping us. Uh, It's making it more fun. That's his position. And on top of that, the people that said they were going to leave never left. What a surprise. How many times have you heard someone threaten, oh, I'm going to leave, and I can't handle it, so ah, I'm not going to do it, and then they continue to stay on there. Comedian Ryan Long is a YouTube comedian, and he posted a video online that I thought was pretty funny about all this. So basically he said, I'm one of those people that said I was going to leave Twitter, but man, I'm going through withdrawals. So he goes around picking fights with people having conversations on the street because, you know, he can't do it on Twitter anymore. I thought this was great. Can we play that clip? 
So after the internet's recent events and reading articles like Rest in Peace Twitter, Evil Man, Elon Musk takes Twitter exactly where we thought he would, into the sewer. He wants to control speech. You said it. I've decided to do my part for democracy and leave Twitter altogether. Deleted the app. So far it's been three hours since I checked my Twitter account. It's not going great. I don't really agree with that, guys. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just pretty used to butting into people's conversations. Do you mind if I give my thoughts on whatever you guys are talking about? What do people do when they're not on Twitter? Read newspapers, they come on paper. What do you do when you disagree? How do you let people know? I don't feel obligated to do that. Getting off Twitter, so it's my first day. Good for you. Alcohol helps. You get drunk sort of thing. Get really, really drunk. Get you get wrecked. You don't have much social skill. Do you have good shoes? Oh, nice. Yeah. Why don't you take a hike? Oh. <laughs> that ain't it, Chief. I was just verbally harassed by an old white man, most likely straight. I would love to post that clip to Twitter, but obviously that is not an option currently. I am having some trouble acclimating. Just watching some dumpster fires in real life. Not giving me the exact same buzz, but it will have to do. <laughs> Someone verbally abused me. Where do I go to complain if I'm not on Twitter? Oh, and I love he's, he's butting into people's conversations. It shows them sitting down at a table enjoying a lunch. He just walks up to them and says, hey, uh, you know, just wants to be in on the conversation, much like Twitter. He's got to watch real-life dumpster fires instead of those on Twitter. Uh, so he's what an adjustment he is going through right now. That was uh, comedian Ryan Long. I just thought that was so funny. But, no, Twitter's not going anywhere. I think it'll be here for a while. I think the adjustments will make it better. And I think Elon Musk, yeah, it's definitely rocky. Uh, to have everyone pay attention to it, out in the open the way it is right now, definitely not an easy thing to do because it gives everyone the impression that it's closing down, but I don't think that'll be the case. All right, when we come back, Thanksgiving is around the corner. Next week, I think some of you may be traveling. I'll be traveling to visit with the family, and when I sit down at the table, there's always one food my mom tries to put on my plate, and I say, get that out of here, and it always starts a fight. I bet you also have a Thanksgiving food that you hate that everyone else loves. So I'm going to tell you mine coming up. 855-616-1620. You're listening to WTMJ. WTMJ Holiday Radio Show is back. Join your favorite host, personality, special guests at the Grand Ballroom, Fister Hotel, Monday, November 28th. So 10 days away. The WTMJ Christmas Story. It's going to be fantastic. If you're worried about parking, they got valet. Tickets are on sale now. WTMJ.com to purchase. They will go fast. I haven't checked. I think there's still some left. Uh, tickets will benefit Capco's two, uh, Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive, the WTMJ Holiday Radio Show, presented by Capco Metal Stamping, Drake & Associates. Also have Dave Drake Camp Heating and Gruber Law Offices. Oh, boy, does that sound like fun. Yeah, go see it. It's a really fun time. I'm going to throw this out there. When it's Thanksgiving time and I'm sitting down at the table and everyone's enjoying themselves, there's a food that I just cannot stand. Cannot. Like, even the stuff I don't like, I could stomach. So when my grandma used to make real cranberry sauce, I would stomach it, but I really preferred the gelatin that came straight out of the can that made that sucking sound when it... When it came out, that's what I loved. I wanted the gelatin cheap stuff. In fact, even today as an adult, I'll open up a can and I'll just eat a half a can as a snack because I love it so much. Yeah, I know. That sounds gross to some people. But I'll tell you the thing I can't stand is pumpkin pie. Why do people eat pumpkin pie 
And why did they make that the center point dessert after Thanksgiving? It's so gross. Number one, pumpkin flavoring to begin with is gross. The pumpkin spice lattes, the pumpkin spice everything that's around this time of year, gross. Gross, gross, gross. But then you put it into pie form? How dare you and take away something that everyone should love like a pie, and you make it gross with pumpkin flavoring. Same thing, out of a can. Gross. And I'm looking at some of these text messages. Some people say they can't stand sweet potato pie. I get it. With the marshmallows and things like that. One person said, oh, it's pumpkin, not pumpkin. One said, it's pumpkin, not pumpkin. Okay. Uh, I hate pumpkin pie. Another person hates pumpkin pie. Thank you. The smell, the texture. And you know what else? I start to resent it because everyone else loves it so much. They, they go out of their way to just talk about how great pumpkin pie is. Well, it's really not that great. It's actually pretty terrible. It's the same people that tried to convince you that almond milk, you know those like weird milks? The chalky almond milk stuff or whatever. Oh, it's so good, and it's good for you. It's an alternative to cow milk. Oh, it's chalky almond milk. Ugh. It's like drinking white Pepto. <laughs> it's so gross. Uh, except there's no benefit to it. And it may actually have the opposite effect. It may actually upset your stomach. It's like that. You know, people will stock that stuff in their fridge. Oh, it's good for you. And, I, you know, I don't do it because, you know, it's a cow. And they drink that white chalky almond milk stuff. All right, what's the uh, food that is on the Thanksgiving table that you just can't stand that everyone else loves? 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Is Judy on the line? Hello, Judy. Yes, I am. Go ahead. Growing up, I never cared for turkey. Mm. In my adult life, I never made a turkey. Either it was left up to my mother, my sister, and my husband. And the last time we took him out for dinner before he passed away, it was on Thanksgiving night. He looked at all of us and he says, I don't want turkey. And we all looked at him and we were in shock because he enjoyed turkey. He says, I'm going to have a steak. I says, fine, have a steak. <laughs> so that's what we did that thing. One of his last Thanksgiving that he was alive, and we took him out for dinner. He didn't yeah. want turkey. He wanted. Where'd steak. you get the steak at? Was it a good steak place? Yeah, not really. It was, you know, one of those uh, uh, family restaurants. But he enjoyed uh, it, and that's all we yeah. cared about. You know, the the smile on his face because he was eating a steak and not turkey. And I love he looked it. at all of us and goes, "I don't have to make it." I said, well, that's true. You don't have to make it. That's why yep. we're eating out. Thank you very much for the call, Judy. And I'm uh, what a wonderful tradition to start based off of that. Uh, you get a little rebellion in you when you get older. Forget the turkey. We're going steak. I had a very close friend growing up that they skipped the turkey. They made ham on Thanksgiving. And I remember going to their house one time. And I said, where's the turkey? They said, no, we don't do that here. We do ham. I said, are you nuts? Ham's for Christmas. Save it for the next month. It's turkey time, baby. I love turkey. 855-616-1620. We'll take some more of your calls coming up after the break on WTMJ. Great text messages coming in. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I think pumpkin pie is terrible. I don't know why so many people like it. 
in particular this time of year, it's always served after the meal on Thanksgiving, and I look around and think, I would rather eat cheese Whiz straight out of the can as my dessert than have a slice of that pumpkin pie. I'd rather take a spoonful of mayonnaise. (laughs) 855-616-1620. Text message came in. Ryan, yes, pumpkin pie is revolting. Then add insult to injury by adding Cool Whip. I know. People do that. They try to uh, say the Cool Whip makes it better. Yeah, I'm sure it makes it better, but it still doesn't taste right. Let's go to Jim, who's holding on. Welcome to WTMJ. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. The single most disgusting Thanksgiving dish has got to be green bean casserole. Oh, come on now. What what don't you like about it? There's nothing viable in that pan. It's baked green beans in this nasty cream of mushroom sauce. It's kind of like slime, like in Ghostbusters, you know? It's kind of like, ew, a little weird. Exactly. It jiggles a weird way. It's always undercooked. Do you like the, uh, they put the onions on top? I do like the onions, the fried uh, hard onion things. That's the only thing that's good about it is the onions. (laughs) I could eat those. Leave them for the dog. Yeah, and Jim, this is what always happens. If you don't get to it early enough, someone scrapes all the good part, the onions off the top, and they put it on their pan, so you don't even get the crispy onions on top. I know. doesn't Not enough to go around, because it comes in these small containers. They have to preserve these things. They don't got enough to lay it on, layer in it. All right, thank you very much for the call. 855-616-1620. Look at all these text messages. Uh, one person said, pumpkin pie, that's the number one pie in the USA. Not doing it. Don't care. I It makes me lose humanity, uh, my faith in humanity. Another text message. How can you not like pumpkin pie? Very easy, because uh, I don't like it. You know what the best pie is, according to me? Strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, man, I can eat that all day, every day. I'd rather have a Marie Callender uh, pecan pie than... Anything that's pumpkin, anything. Uh, one person said, the one thing that they can go without on Thanksgiving, I would have to say, my mother-in-law. <laughs> hey Canned yams, okay. Uh, one person said, apple raisin dressing. Ugh. One person said, lost my mom 12 years ago and missed her homemade, not from a canned pumpkin pies. Uh, hate white meat and cranberry anything. I'm telling you, if you don't like turkey, maybe, just maybe, you would need to try brining your turkey before cooking it. It is a game changer. I'm telling you, if turkey to you is bland, brine your turkey, prepare it that way the night before, let that thing soak through the night in that brine, and I'll tell you, when you cook that turkey up the next day, it is a game changer. More text messages. Nothing better than a good homemade pumpkin pie with fresh whipped cream. Uh, here's another one that said, in case you don't know, it's fruit cocktail mixed with Cool Whip. What's that? Uh, Oh, fruit cocktail fluff. I don't know if I've tried that. I have seen the gelatin stuff where, like, people come in with the fruitcake looking thing, and then sometimes it's more like jello with fruit inside of it. You know, similar idea. I don't like that either. Not that I would say no to it. I would still eat it for sure. Person said, hate turkey, always have prime rib for my mom. Aw, that's nice. 
for a second there, I thought it said McRib for your mom. Thanksgiving night, going to McDonald's, loading up on the McRib. Uh, gelled cranberries is what you don't like. I love the gelled cranberries. It is the best. I will eat that as a snack just for the fun of it. I'll have my wife pick it up. Hey, it'll be, you know, February. Can you get me some jelly cranberries, please? One person said, do not use it from a can. It's different. Okay. Brussels sprouts. Uh, Don't like the smell of Brussels sprouts. Skip the gross pumpkin pie. I like that. One person says, I would take cherry or lemon meringue pie. Good. Cherry pie is great. Cannot stand orange, cherry, radish, uh, relish, excuse me. Wow, there's all these text messages. Brine smoked turkey is a game changer. Steve from West Bend, you know what's up. Seriously. Uh, if anyone is doubting the words I'm saying right now, I will tell you this. I, I would guarantee that the turkey that you're cooking right now, if it's not brined, I'm telling you, try the brine sometime. You'll see you'll never go back. Uh, it's just the way to go. And look at this, Steve, sending a picture of a turkey on a, well, what is that, like grapes and oranges and apples? So you're flavoring it with a bunch of fruit. That's really interesting. My dad sometimes would flavor hams and turkeys with a slice of pineapples. You get just the regular pineapples out of the can that are sliced. He would lay the slices on there. It would help. Oh, one person said they can't stand the gizzards from a turkey. I don't know if I've ever cooked with the gizzards. Sometimes my dad would use the gizzards for the... For the uh, gravy, I skipped that part. All right, fun topic. Thank you for that. Things that you skip on Thanksgiving. Welcome back to WTMJ. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. It's been fun getting close to the weekend. Wisconsin's afternoon news coming up at 3. They'll be more serious than I am as I talk about how much I hate pumpkin pie. I guess that could come up at some point. I'll have to talk to Greg about that later. All right, here's... um, Two spy stories I wanted to bring up to you because I think they are important. The first spy story is one that FBI Director Christopher Wray is concerned about. Washington Reuters reporting this one. So the national story. United States is deeply concerned about the Chinese government setting up unauthorized, quote, police stations in U.S. cities to pursue influence operations. As Christopher Wray, the FBI director, told lawmakers on Thursday, yesterday. The idea is the Chinese will buy a piece of property, as in the Chinese government, and then they'll set up this building, and they call it police stations, but essentially they're sending over their, you know, that's probably the best way to put it, policing agents to go and hunt down Chinese nationals that may be in trouble or sending contrary messages about China to deport them back to their country against their will. And the report comes out that Beijing's efforts pressuring these Chinese nationals, relatives abroad, to return to China because they should face criminal charges for the things they may be saying or doing while they're outside of the country. So they set up these home bases in these large cities, and they operate out of them while they basically bounty hunt other Chinese nationals living in other countries. The Communist Party is using this, and Christopher Ray said they're very concerned about it. When asked directly about it, Senator Rick Scott from Florida brings up, hey, uh, have they violated any U.S. laws? And Christopher Ray says, oh, <laughs> not a great answer from your FBI director. No, seriously, that's what he, he goes. Republican Senator Rick Scott 
asked if there was such violations to U.S. law. And then Christopher Ray said, we're looking into legal parameters. So essentially he said, ah, <laughs> you're the director of the FBI. I need a better answer than, uh. And that's the MO for the uh, FBI right now. And when it comes to spying, in this case, it's direct Chinese spying. What about what else is going on on social media? Have you noticed that lawmakers are beginning more concerned about how the FBI is using big tech companies in order to spy, possibly illegally spy, on U.S. citizens? Rand Paul was asking this to Christopher Ray yesterday, and I think it's a good exchange, mostly because this has been going on for a while, and they're not denying they're doing it. They're just using the, oh, I don't know, oh, and that's not good enough, I think, when it comes to the privacies of U.S. citizens. Here's Rand Paul from yesterday. Same thing. FBI Director Christopher Ray, clip four. Director Ray, is uh, Facebook or any other social media company supplying private messages or data on American users that is not compelled by the government or the FBI? Um, not compelled. In other words, not in response to legal process. No that... warrant, no subpoena. They're just supplying you information on their users. Uh, I don't believe so. But, uh, but I can't sit here and, and be sure of that as I, as I sit here. Can you give us a, a yes or no by going back to your team and asking? Because it's a very specific question, because if they are, it's against the law. The law, the Stored Communications Act, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act of 1986, prohibits providers from sharing electronic communications with any person or entity unless it's compelled. This was done to protect the privacy of people so we could feel like we can send an email or a direct message to people without having that information given over. It's a very specific question. Will you get with your team of lawyers and give us a specific answer? Because this is the law. If you're doing it, then we need to go to court to prevent you from receiving this information. Okay, so this is the point Rand Paul is making. He says, I'll just recap. Hey, Facebook. I know you're selling people's information. Facebook claims that the information they sell about you is not connected to you. So meaning they can talk about certain habits, they can talk about trends, things like that. They may be able to use it as a way that they can't connect your identity to it, but they still use it marketing, maybe other purposes. Police agencies have used it too. They also have contact with some of this information so the question is has the fbi purchased this information from places like facebook and are they able to use that information to make it so the data they're collecting is re-identified with the person meaning it's no longer anonymous data it's tracked back to you and if that's the case that's illegal because facebook can't sell that information legally in the united states government Maybe piecing it together. Is that illegal? That's a good question, too. Christopher Ray, is that legal? Or they don't care. Uh, I don't know. And then, are you doing it? Uh, not good enough when it comes to our personal privacies. As individuals, if you use the Internet, you may be thinking, I'm not doing anything illegal. Why would I need to do that? But what's the point of the government collecting all of this data if not to use it against you at some point in the future? It's not like they're putting this together in a way to benefit you. They're going to use it in ways to manipulate, prosecute, potentially, you, and even try to connect dots that aren't there. This is why I think you have to be paranoid when it comes to your uh, things that you do on the Internet, knowing that this stuff will just get sold off to other people and tracked back to you. It's a real scary thought, because what you think is private is not necessarily private. 
same thing. Would you let the FBI just survey your room if you'd given the opportunity? Because, oh, I got nothing to hide. Go ahead. Monitor my room. Wiretap me. No, of course not. You're letting them do the same thing with you on the Internet if they're getting away with it. At least there's senators like Rand Paul out there trying to stop it. And I think that's the right thing to do. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. We'll be right back. I'm Ryan Recker. Welcome back. I love these text messages. One that came in said, Ryan, I agree. We've been brining turkeys for years. I love it. I am here to convert you into brining your turkey. It is a game changer. Some other topic, if you know about the red cup at Starbucks, I guess some people find that very popular. Altering Starbucks coffees, I think they taste really good. Uh, But the corporation is so woke in many different ways, and I don't purposely try to patronize them if I don't have to, if I can find another coffee shop. But it doesn't prevent me from going there and drinking a coffee that I like. Their sugar coffees are delicious. I mean, uh, what's not to like about that? But they have a red cup day, and this is what's happening. One of the busiest days of the year. I'm reading this from Vice, by the way, so that's a particularly somewhat left-leaning website. Red Cup Day is Starbucks' biggest sales day of the year, and guess what workers are doing? They're striking on Red Cup Day because why? They say they're overworked on this one day of the year, Red Cup Day. I don't know if I sympathize with them, so I've got to be honest here. There's, I, I'm reading this, and they're like, this is the plight of the Starbucks worker. Oh, Woe is them. And I keep thinking to myself, it's the one day of the year where things are purposely busy, and they know it's going to be just one day where things are extremely busy. Are you telling me you can't handle one extremely busy day a year? Like, that's just too overwhelming for you as a worker? I don't know how many times I've been at a job, and things have just been, I mean, nonstop, start to finish, exhausting and that happens and it's more than once a year that happens and you hope you don't have to run into too many of those days but if you go into it knowing that you're going to be making a lot of cups of coffee that day you're not digging dishes the ditches you're not out in the sun collecting roadkill you're making coffee in front of a coffee machine in an air-conditioned building climate controlled all you have to do is put up with the long line of customers that are there because they want that red cup but that is too much for you. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, and, and even if you are a group that work at a coffee shop, a Starbucks, and you're trying to unionize, and you collectively go to them and say, you can't have busy days anymore. It's part of our union agreement. <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Starbucks as a corporation. Oh, we're not allowed to have busy days. One busy day a year with the Red Cup? <laughs> It's too much. That's your, that's the make and break for their union negotiations. I almost feel like between this and Twitter and some of these other companies, there is a unrealistic view of what the workplace should be like. An unrealistic view, meaning that if it's if it's overwhelming one day of the year, it's worth burning the place down. Like, and, and we're going to write a million articles about it, and we're going to complain because we have to stand on our feet for eight days because it's a miserable day for you because you have to make coffee that long. I don't know if they understand that most people don't sympathize with them at all. I don't sympathize with them. And it also makes me wonder, have you ever put in like an honest day's work? I, and, and I would put them up against nurses and think about what some of these staffs 
during COVID were going through nonstop. I mean, it was essential, and they were busting it every single day. I sympathized with them, and I said, man, that is tough. They better be compensating you. Some of them stayed away from their families because they were afraid of passing something along. That's the type of job where they were working hard. Boy, I bet they wish they could stand in front of a coffee machine for eight hours. When we come back, we're going to take a look at this week in review. Always a great rundown brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. That's coming up and Wisconsin's Afternoon News soon as well on WTMJ. Oh, yes, my jam. Keep it playing because we are here. It's Friday. Yeah, Rebecca Black. I know everyone made fun of her in this song, but I'll tell you, it is so catchy. So, so catchy. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Show. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. I I think I do one show next week. I think Tuesday night I'll be filling in. Then it's Thanksgiving, and then afterwards, the week after Thanksgiving, I'll be filling in for Steve, which I'll be looking forward to for that week as well. So, got a couple more fill-in days. Had a lot of fun with you. So here's what happened. The sentencing of Daryl Brooks, chaos at Twitter headquarters, a presidential announcement, and more. It was a busy week, and it's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Fasten your seatbelts. A police scuffle and shooting in the River West neighborhood. During the struggle, the officer gave the suspect multiple commands to drop the weapon. However, the suspect refused. Former Badgers running back Brent Moss died today at the age of 50. Heartbreak at the University of Virginia. This is an unimaginably sad day for our community. President Biden sat down with China's President Xi for roughly three hours. A meeting the White House had been setting low expectations for. President Xi, really glad to be able to see you again in person. Elon Musk said on Sunday that... Free staff lunches at the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco were costing more than $400 per meal. So we're doing away with staff lunches. And oh, by the way, if you want to keep that blue checkmark next to your name, it's going to cost you $8 a month. I think we need to move on. A somber day at the Waukesha County Courthouse. He was robbed of everything. He won't go to college, get married, or have children of his own. All right, we've got some breaking news in Waukesha. Judge Jennifer Dora was whisked out of the courtroom by a deputy. There are SWAT officers upstairs in the lobby right now with their long guns out. Studio 83 Pilates, as well as Corglo and Delafield went from being fully operational to completely empty. The U.S. will continue to work with Poland and other allies to gather more information about the missile incident. The incident was likely caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile. I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. What a week, huh? Lemon, it's Wednesday. And liftoff of Artemis 1. We rise together back to the moon and beyond. Tony Drake, do Tony Drake. NASA's moon launch off the pad this morning. Orion on its way to the moon. Three people and more than 50 dogs are okay today. This after a crash landing on a golf course in Waukesha County. We are on the cusp of an historic vote in the Senate. The same-sex and interracial marriage law getting the 60 votes needed to move to final passage. Over 1,000 years is how long Daryl Brooks Jr. will spend it behind bars. On counts one through six, this court is imposing a life sentence without the possibility or eligibility for extended supervision consecutive to one another. To order anything other than what I have done, sir, would be to unduly depreciate the seriousness of these offenses because, frankly, you deserve it. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan joins us on the phone. I am a never-again Trumper because I want to win. No, you're wrong. I will not seek re-election 
after Democratic leadership. The biggest thing to remember is we're not dead. Are you sure about that? Henry's going to throw it, and it's Austin Hooper for the touchdown. Whoa! Whoa! Police say a man in his 60s has died after his car was hit by an Amtrak train. It's hard to imagine a soccer tournament with no beer. Beer is not allowed. Oh, no function beer well without. A flood of farewell messages rolling in at Twitter. Well, I did say people were going to die. Bye, Felicia. Swifties rise up in protest. Yeah, season's not over. Nerd! I'm a big nerd! Wow. All right, that's a wrap. I'm out. What a great way to end things on the weekend reviews. So good. Uh, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Who puts that together, by the way, Charlie? Do you know? They do fantastic work. Whoever compiles all that different sound clips. It just flows so well together, whoever does that. Kudos to them. It's our very own Adam Porter. Adam does great. Way to go, Adam. Big pat on the back for that. You'll Text message me came know, Charlie, in. Uh, whenever Adam Porter oh. stops by, what kind of a guy yeah. he is. I'm Adam oh, Porter, yeah. so nice to see you, Ryan. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, I hear him talking to the background. I don't know if that was over the air or not. I might have just paused for a while. Uh, hey, Ryan, it says on the text message, I really enjoyed you filling in for Jeff. You are spot on with your point of view. Refreshing. Do you have a podcast? You know, not right now. I have a podcast I do with my wife, but it's book reviews, so I don't really talk politics or current events or anything like that. But if you wanted to find me online, I'll give a plug there, ryanrecker.com. You can find my social media links and things to it of that nature. And then I've been filling in a lot here on WTMJ, so you probably have heard me over the past couple of months. I'll be back, I think, next Tuesday nights. And then the following week, I'll be in for Steve for the entire week. So I'm down for that schedule. So we got a lot to uh, still cover over this time. I'll be traveling to visit my family. I'll be actually doing the show on the road, which is one of the huge advantages of today's technology. I can actually bring a microphone, my interface, and my computer. And that's about all I need with a strong Internet connection. Otherwise, I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, reach me at ryanrecker.com. And all the great text messages, too, like Jeff from Fox Point. He texts so much. Your thumbs must be real strong uh, for texting this much. 